Okay, well, welcome everyone. I am Edwin, and this is the Long Overdue, um, which is a show about libraries. And as always, each episode will feature a special guest in a short conversation where we get to focus on Solros, the library, and beyond. Today's guest is Kendall Craig, our executive director of Title V, the Frontier Student Experience, and Title III. He's been at Solros coming on 20 years this December. Craig, welcome. It's a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure to have you. It's unfortunate that Jocelyn is no longer going to be here with us. I'm sure there were, the that, back and forth would have been great. Oh, but. I'm sure, yeah. She'd probably get me with some good zingers. <laughs> but, I'll, yeah, you know what? We'll, we'll manage. It'll still be still be fun, still be informative, and all that good stuff in between. Sure. So how are you doing today, Kendall? Well, I'm doing fantastic, but it's always fantastic to be able to spend a little bit of time with wonderful people. <laughs> And it's honestly great to have you on the podcast because you were one of the first people to express your love for it and how much you really enjoyed it. Like, well, you, you were yeah. one of the first people who came out to us and told us that you were a big fan of it. So, and to be honest, that's kind of shocking to me because mm -hmm. for what it's worth, there's been a lot of really wonderful kind of word on the street, but I'm also not clear if, you know, no one's really fully adapted from. I guess what we could call post COVID mm -hmm. impacts and everything. So I don't know if anyone knows how to schedule time for themselves yeah. to accidentally have a nice accident. If it wasn't for <laughs> Mr. Parsons or somebody who had made a, a, a plug about it yeah. to remind me, I might not have remembered, but then I just sat and, and devoured them because they're talking about some of my favorite things, including Sol Ross, but also of course, library services mm -hmm. and, and also just things that are timely a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But, it's a it's a wonderful thing and i've heard only positive things but that's the reason why i laid it on so thick it's really nice really good well i'm i'm glad we were able to provide all that for you and i'm glad you took so much enjoyment out of it and obviously i'm very grateful and i'm very glad for everybody else who's been taking enjoyment out of the podcast uh, all thanks to jocelyn's initiative to create said podcast so let's go ahead and get this going what do libraries mean to you kendall this is fun, and um, and and just so the home audience knows, I was presented with this question early, <laughs> but I hadn't really fully thought about it. The um, uh, libraries for me are kind of they're kind of interesting. It's almost like a definition of science, which is something that's near and dear to me too. Mm -hmm. But libraries are interesting because they're not just a repository for information, but they're also a means of access. Definitely, and 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 help to sort of set a pace and also a, a language for getting at certain kinds of information mm -hmm. and for, especially for folks that are in between ways to approach the world or or getting involved in the first time it's a wonderful structure to get familiar with because it allows for things to be accessible that and unfortunately, as a young person, I wasn't even aware could exist. <laughs> I, when I first saw a huge dictionary on a big podium at a, and I don't even remember what city this this was, uh, that was shocking to me. Mm -hmm. Why would you have a book that big? Exactly. And and being able to touch those kind of things is huge. No, and I mean you're absolutely right. Like there's still people who maybe are a little bit lost in trying to figure out where they want to go through in life, which direction they want to take. And the libraries provide that great sense of direction because there's so many different subjects. It's like you said, it's just this 
massive collection of like, well, what if I want to try this? What are people's experiences with that? And they'll find collections of people's experiences in that specific field that they may be curious about. Yeah. So it's definitely 100% agree with your view on what libraries are. I can't wait to start using a library. <laughs> it, it'll, be, it'll be a good thing for everybody involved. Well, luckily you have a library almost right next door to your office. That's right. There you go. So convenient. <laughs> that works out perfect. So with this in mind, what does our library mean to you? So, so this is another question that I didn't think about in advance, but it's, <laughs> it, it means everything. Yeah. To, to a large extent, the, the whole concept of university to me is shaped by library, by having the resources that are somewhat asynchronous to persist alongside real-time and asynchronous lectures and, and these things. It creates its own seed of culture. Mm -hmm. uh, if there's an idea of civilization that actually works for me, it includes notions of university and library. So Sol Ross for me, that, and I don't mean to lay this on too thick, but just as, just as wonderful as the specialized laboratories or whatever, the library is Sol Ross. Mm -hmm. um, some of the most wonderful, weird conversations I ever had involved interlibrary loan, <laughs> where we tried to pull a document, I think through the Pegasus service at, this yeah. time, at the time. So there were multiple librarians in, in multiple places mm -hmm. trying to find a Norwegian um, endosymbiotic text that was related to a, uh, a parasitic worm Scourjabinoptera phrenosoma, I believe. Oh, what? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that must have been quite the adventure trying to pull that out for you then. It was. And part of the irony is even though I couldn't understand a word of the, uh, <laughs> of the text, the diagrams were fantastic. Yeah. And as we all know, books should be solely judged on the basis of the quality of the pictures. <laughs> I think I just did my, my most, part. Mo most definitely. And honestly, yeah, I... I I like that you brought that up, that libraries are what make a university. Because like when you think of a university, you either think of those long, big lecture halls with like the rising seats, or you think of their library. You think of like scholars and academics walking yeah. through, having side conversations, pulling books out. So I, I think you're absolutely right. I think a library is exactly what makes a university. Because, I mean, without the library, it's... <laughs> Kind of just there. Some, you know, some folks I think have individual experiences that could be flavored by anything. Certainly mm -hmm. by excellent mentoring by a by a, a, a colleague or a, or an instructor or a, a professor, staff member. But libraries are also just a really great place to retreat. Yeah. If 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 you need to regroup or re-energize on a on a point, mm -hmm. you can't you can't pick a better place. The environment it's always inviting, no matter what iteration or, mm -hmm. or or attempt is going on with styles and then you're always surrounded by by wisdom yeah i mean you could you could do a lot worse yeah exactly i, I have done a lot worse <laughs> so and you're absolutely right it provides that much needed like comfort with whether you're just doing work or you need a place to like really think about anything that may be on your mind and like let's say you're working and you need a distraction the library provides all those great topics and books that you can be like, you know what? I want to look into it just for a little bit, see what I find. And it provides like an academic distraction, essentially. Completely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, couldn't agree more. So with all this in mind, 
What has been your history with libraries? So, I, and I guess I kind of hinted at some of it. Mm -hmm. At one point in a former life, I, I dealt an awful lot with focused um, research. Um, one of the things that's really great about Saras is that, of course, it's for a natural historian, it's right smack dab in the middle of a huge amount of, we'll just say, non-fully explored environments and um, flora and fauna, the whole biota factor alone, um, that are wide open. And and so this particular library is, has done me um, a, a number of wonderful services in terms of providing a bridge to some extremely obscure um, kinds of information. It, it also was sort of just a communication nexus for a while with mm -hmm. part of the horned lizard stuff that we were doing back mm -hmm. in the day. We also had a, a prolonged uh, remote sensing project for many years and also um, ephemeral streams out here in the desert. You mm -hmm. had a lot of uh, very strange biology going on and uh, it always came back to the library. So um, if I was to characterize my best use it might have been that um, in terms of my own personal bias I always liked um, finding mystery stories when mm -hmm. I was little that was such a huge thing to get to go to a library and basically pull from a library from a library of, <laughs> of resources yeah so I mean that, that's that's always fantastic to hear that not only was it a great escape for you when you were a kid with all these mystery books but it helped you and assisted you with all of this research you were doing in your adult life up to now as well. Yeah. So yeah, it's bridged all those chapters. Mm -hmm. It's created that great bridge and it's, it's provided you with like such a rich and fun history with libraries where you can say, yeah, like I enjoy a library. I, I have no doubt that's a big piece of it by being able to lock in on the idea that libraries are accessible. Mm -hmm. That's one big thing right there. But also that they were, they were rewarding. That they were a fun place mm -hmm. to go to. I'm not sure that's how everybody necessarily imprints first, mm -mm. especially if they don't actually get to set foot on one. You know, yeah. it's one of those things that I think has to be a little tactile first, and then figure out how it can make selfish best sense to the individual, <laughs> and then they'll be surprised. They'll yeah. stumble into something else they didn't even know that was available. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, and you're absolutely right. Um, going into a library for the first time ever, it can be a little bit overwhelming because there's so many options, so many books, and you don't know, oh my God, where do I even start? What do I want to do? And that probably pushes people away, but then that's where the librarians come in. Yes. You ask them, you're like, hey, look. Stewards. Exactly. <laughs> One way to put it like that, Shepherds. yeah. Shepherds, exactly. Like, you tell them like, look, you know what? The, I don't know what I want to look into. Like, oh, well, what are you interested in? It's like, oh, well, I like mystery. Oh, we have a great mystery section over here. Oh, I like bugs. Oh, we have a great entomology section over here. So on and so forth. Yeah. So it's, and then once you delve into it, like you said, it's this huge reward for you because you'll get to explore that topic you wanted to first come into, but then you ask yourself, what else can I find? Yes. You know, it becomes like this digging for treasure almost. Yeah. Because of that facilitation, because of the expertise that you and others provide, mm -hmm. um, there's an immediate gratification aspect which I think in the modern, in the modern world, I th I think that can get missed mm -hmm. because that is what we all seem to be getting geared toward: is how can I do this in the easiest way possible? Yes. Well, a lot of that's already facilitated through with the the models, granted that are mm -hmm. in flux and changing all the time, but 
that's that's uh, that's what that crew does is facilitate. So I think there's something real neat about that. Knowing you're absolutely right. Now nowadays with modern technology and modern viewpoints, people expect that instant reward, instant gratification type of thing. But when it comes to like books, <laughs> you have to remember that it's a you have to stay with it because that reward you're looking for, it's gonna it's a little bit longer, but it's definitely worth it if it's something that you yourself picked for a topic that you're really interested in. Yeah, there is an investment. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I'm, I'm a big advocate of the lack of literacy, but <laughs> anything that changes that as a trend is also acceptable. Definitely, so. most definitely. So with your history, what libraries mean to you and everything, what would be, what is the coolest library that you have visited? Well, okay, so that's, so this is a trick question, right? <laughs> um, so one library I was in that was really an abbreviated library, but I really enjoyed it. And indirectly, it was part of a Sol Ross function that actually brought me on the scene. Mm -hmm. There was a, a little repository set at the uh, Missouri Botanical Gardens that was real cool. Okay. And I've been in a number of libraries that were cool. There was one of the <laughs> libraries at um, 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 A&M that was cool. Um, I had good moments at Saras in a part of the library that was cool. I enjoyed bowling in a library one time, but we won't go into details on that. Are you, wait, really? <laughs> it may or may not have happened. Okay. But, but, um, the, uh, but the upshot is... Um, is is uh that had more to do with with just the uh, experience mm -hmm. parts of it um they're at the midland midland has a um, community library i mm -hmm. believe and so this is before any of their renovation effort or whatever but i really enjoyed a cool thing that even our local library here in in town in alpine had which was uh, where it just looked like a bunch of converted shelving from someone's house Okay. So you kind of got the impression that, wow, this is a whole section just dealing with things that I like. Yeah. Um, artificial intelligence or mystery novels or mm -hmm. whatever they were, but all in one spot. And all of them looked kind of like loved resources. They were all worn to a certain extent. There's just something about that that I, uh, for myself, has always been a very attractive idea. Okay. And so just being in those kind of places where you know everyone is there for a reason and mm -hmm. likes having those resources of, around yeah. in an environment that's strangely comfortable because of the uh, sort of lived-in look. That was yeah. very romantic to me. Okay. Even in local libraries. So. Yeah, like, I, I, you're absolutely right. That that lived-in look adds even more to that sense of, oh, this is a place where I can relax. It can be accept uh, accessible mm -hmm. to me. I, I can relax yeah. here. This is something that's not uh, unobtainium. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't feel like a very, like, rigid place where it's like, oh, I'm here to just do research. Like, no, you're here to unwind, pick a book out, enjoy the rest of your day, however you want to spend it here. Now, I have been told to be quiet in a library <laughs> many times, so many times. and um, the, the classical librarian. <laughs> yeah, I think they, they might have even been like, shh. And um, and I do owe apologies to everyone who ever did that. You have a list of like libraries you have to apologize for. I, I think all of them, all of them, all of them in the continental United States probably, and one in Hawaii probably need to make 
the project. special reparations. They have like a picture of you that says, please keep in mind you may have to shush this man. <laughs> Immediately seizes card, shred card <laughs> on, on site. It's probably for the best. So with all these libraries you visited, if you could create your own library, what would your dream library look like? Well, you know, just as a practical consideration, probably a large statue of myself standing right <laughs> in the middle of it, holding up a book, and and like all the planets in our local solar system just dangling off the edge of it. Something, something modest, something with broad appeal. Um, something inconspicuous, yes. You know, probably just something with more stacks. I, I love the idea of a labyrinth. Mm-hmm. Again, that delicate balance between some horrible monster that might be in there to get you, <laughs> but also comfortable spaces, you know, places, little nooks and, and crannies you could get lost in. Um, maybe the whole place floods if you take too long in the in the, re- in the, in the nonfiction. I don't know. Um, so the, your library is essentially a dungeon for adventurers? May, maybe. <laughs> Maybe I'm not sure anyone should get out. Okay, though, um, I'll have to think about that. Okay, that's a that's a very challenging, a challenging caprice. You heard it first. If you go to Kendall's Dream Library, be prepared to fight for your life. <laughs> Yikes! Yeah, maybe. So, this one is always a little bit difficult for people. But what would you say is your favorite book? My f- my favorite book. Um, um, you know, I don't know. I was, I'm a huge fan of, um, um, on, the, on the semi-literate side, I'm a huge fan of Arturo Perez Reverte, who does a bunch of neat sort of uh, intrigues and mystery things. Okay. He's responsible for the adaptation of a Johnny Depp movie called, um, uh, gosh, is it called Club Dumas? The, the book is Club Dumas. I, mm-hmm. Oh, it's called The Ninth Gate. It's really spooky. So. Okay. Um, ask your parents before you watch that one. <laughs> but it's um, but I'm I'm really fond of that um, of of that author's work in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe he's Spanish, and the um, and I really really liked uh, a book of his called The Flanders Panel mm-hmm. that deals with one of those sort of art intrigue things. And I don't want to offend any Dan Brown fans, but this is another level stuff. <laughs> For those of you that like plots, that might be a cool thing to check out. Okay. Sounds very interesting and intriguing, definitely. Well, to bounce off of that question now, is there any, what are you reading now? What book has your attention right now? Well, as you know, Edwin, I'm (laughs) anti-literacy, but um, uh, other than horrible, horrible um, education management things, um, I am reading a, a kind of a... A mystery story. Um, I think it's called like the the king's. Gosh, I can't even think of what it's called. Mm-hmm. I'm one of these people that has a stack of books yes. by the bed, and I start them, and I don't actually read because I because <laughs> I don't. I just want to be near the books. I don't. You just like I, how the, the the side of them looks, the covers and everything. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. That is a problem. Just admiring the spine of the book, like oh yeah, that's a nice nice texture and design. It's a nice design. Well, from the times that you've been to our library and 
possibly peruse through the stacks. Have you found anything in our collection that you would say is notable that someone should definitely look at? Yes. And, and thankfully, this is like the only question I really thought about <laughs> because I'm, I'm so scatterbrained and, and, and disorganized. But I accidentally did this, mm -hmm. and, it's, and it's because it's something that um, um, I don't even remember the first time I, I encountered this. But when I saw that we had a, the three-volume set, and this is going to seem a little non-sequitur-ish, but anyway, it's a Dictionary of Mythology. See, I wrote it down. Dictionary <laughs> of Mythology, Folklore, and Symbols from Gertrude Jobes. It's a very unusual what? work. And so this is, for those of us that are sort of armchair writers yeah. a little bit, this this falls in the category of resources. This is from like 1960, 62 or something. Mm -hmm. And it's a multiple volume set. And it it is one of the few experiences in what I would consider the modern age for me, where I've just opened up a book and started reading. Mm-hmm in a resource book and never put it down essentially. And eventually they uh, kicked me out of the library uh, <laughs> and told me never to come back, but never I did come, come back, back later. And, uh, and it was just such an unusual work the the idea, uh, the idea that I found mm -hmm. a full volume set here would, was just, uh, just too cool. And I spent like a whole afternoon at one point looking through it, making some references, mm -hmm. like a lot of uh, wayward lads, I sort of cut my teeth on, on old school mythology and yeah. folklore things. And, um, I still have a huge weakness for it. And I, mm -hmm. and I look for the patterns of those stories woven in everything. Definitely. I feel like the best, the best, uh, intrigues kind of come out of that stuff <laughs> that resonates. So it, I think it's just extremely, extremely strangely readable. Mm -hmm. And I'd love to have a set myself or a ver uh, digital version or something. But yeah. just the idea that it's here mm -hmm. and you can smell it <laughs> is cool. So is it is it just limited to one type of mythology or is it across the board, all mythologies? I think it's limited for the, the age that it was put together. Okay. But it was such a strange one-off. Yeah. I would I would argue it was probably a labor of love. Okay. They were trying yeah. to stitch some specific literary norms together and some things that had been popular at the time. Mm -hmm. And and that's part of what I liked about it is it was like one entry is dealing with this, the next one's dealing with zippers. Yeah. And, and just how does that how does that tie together? And it's more fun than, um, oh gosh, I can't think of any of the, the popular ones that are readily available mm -hmm. as, uh, uh, you know, workstation um, bonuses, kind of like the, 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 the <laughs> thesaurus and the yeah. Oxford Dictionary. But you could also have things like uh, encyclopedias of, of folklore, but they don't go into the kind of yeah. strange places that this one does. So again, very very pleased that definitely sounds like something people should at least look into because it sounds very fun to explore honestly i, I think so i'm going to be disappointed if you don't tell me a story about <laughs> get, getting in trouble with that book some books are dangerous that yes something to that effect um came up in that johnny depp movie that some books adaptation. are definitely dangerous El club dumas <laughs> just saying all right so kendall we're gonna move down to our last two questions so the first question i have for you is what do you love about Sol Ross? So there are many things I love about Sol Ross. Mm -hmm. um, uh, the late Jim Richardson w was a, a huge friend of mine. He was a department head at the time that he had passed away. But all the natural history wonder and everything that he was able to channel for me will always be there in mm -hmm. the back of my pocket. And um, 
what I really love just about Soros as the, as the concept, which also is part of what the library figures in on, is it is a huge value added for whatever mm-hmm. game is being played. For the folks that are able to um, exploit it, mm-hmm. I think that they will always be shocked by what they get out of education as a whole, but specifically here. Mm-hmm. It's such an eclectic blend of folks doing vodcasts and, <laughs> and, and, and wild game hunts. You know, you just never know what you're going to get. And I think that that, um, that is what I like. I like that shock value. Mm-hmm. I like that lack of balance. Yeah, and it's interesting that you would find that shock value and lack of balance in a small university because you'd think, oh, I've seen it all because it's so small. But then I don't know where someone pulls something on you and you're like, oh, how? How? When? When when, when did this happen? Yeah. I thought I could hear it all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> why Why couldn't I? Where, where are you hiding this? Exactly. Yeah. So now then the final question is, what do you love about Alpine? Alpine, Texas. Um, Alpine is, you know, it's just so beautiful out here. It's, again, it's a kind of a complicated question because mm-hmm. it's hard for me to even tease the two apart. Mm-hmm. But there, um, there's, a, there's a lovely temperament in general for, for uh, denizens of far west Texas that includes, um, I don't know, a, 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 a calm contemplation value. I, I think most folks are at least intrigued enough to listen to a pitch, mm-hmm. what you have to say. Um, the, uh, again, they're shaped by that environment. And so, for example, I don't, even, I don't even have an idea of how you could just grab whatever it is that happens out here and place it as a suburb for Austin. I'm sure it's mm-hmm. been tried. Sometimes I think they're trying to turn us into Austin. <laughs> That's a whole different conspiracy theory. That's a wild conspiracy, but one of the big ones, definitely. Um, you know, uh, a lot of people think that, you know, like chupacabras and <laughs> sasquatches, is that plural? <laughs> that, they, that they might not be real. And, and, of course, when you come out here, you discover they are. They are very real in their They're own They're all life. real. <laughs> and that's how you know. That's how you know that, you know, that's the kind of bonding that you just can't, you mm-hmm. just can't buy. Experience. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Alpine definitely feels and promotes that like closeness. Because like something I quickly noticed is that whenever you're driving in Alpine, people will typically wave at you. But then when you start going to like bigger cities, everybody like ignores you. Yeah, yeah. So, you're 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 part of the medium. Yeah. Not not part of the participants. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I just I just came from Fort Worth. And you could feel it there too. <laughs> People, yeah. s- people still wave at me everywhere. It's just that sometimes they, you know, just have the middle finger and <laughs> or, or a gun or a fly swatter or something. And, you know. Very, very less friendly waves than you're used to here in Alpha. Yeah, I didn't think about it, but yeah, much less friendly. <laughs> much more dangerous. Much more dangerous, indeed. Well, Kendall, that is all I have for you. Is there anything you'd like to ask me? Um, what, what are all your many, many concepts about what you're going to do with your next projects with vodcast and everything? Do you have a bunch of high value craziness? <laughs> I don't know yet. I'm no still, pressure. this was definitely my first, uh, swimming without floaties, um, uh, into this. So I'm going to see exactly where and how I can take this. I'm definitely going to try and keep having a lot of fun with it forever, 
for however long it runs. Well, I, I hope it runs for, for nothing longer than um, 16 years. <laughs> because that's, that's, what I've, that's what I've planned for. 16 years, all right. We will see if we can get it going for 16 years. Well, um, that is it for today. We are done. Um, thank you very much for everybody who tunes in and listens and watches. Please be sure to check out the next chapter of The Long Overdue. Thank you very much.